Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi there and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is our weekly podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Scout Scout Network. In each episode we'll look back at the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week I'm joined by one of my favourite people from the FPL community, somebody that I've met a number of times um, in various different FPL events across London. Um, Karam, Karam, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, hi, hi Sam, hi everybody. Glad to be here. Thank you very much for this very nice interview. It's, it's been a long time since uh, we have met in London. Uh, it was not difficult for me to fly from Amsterdam to London um, just to uh, attend this event and next day I come back. So I missed that. Um, no thank you to COVID, but hopefully when things uh, improve, we can still do it again. Um, I and, hope so. I look forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. We uh, For those of you that, that haven't been to a London event with Karam and I, Karam and I have history of swapping Panini football stickers at oh, these random it. events um, <laughs> and getting into all sorts of mischief. Um, they're always great fun. And, and yeah, like you say, it feels like it's been such a long time since we've been able to do these things. But hopefully, as we start to come out of the lockdowns, it won't be too much longer before you're able to jet over from Amsterdam for a little shindig in a London pub somewhere. I hope so, yeah. And I miss these Panini cards. I have a lot of swaps left, so uh, maybe next time we do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a swapsy session again soon. I'm sure of it. Um, right then, talk to me about Game Week 33 because we were just having a little conversation before we press record about this. Um, on paper, for me, this looked like it was going to be another really good scoring game week, even without the Manchester City and the Spurs boys, and of course Fulham and, and Southampton. It looked like the key players had decent fixtures. But yet again, we have a number of our premium and key FPL assets blanking and a lot of captain blanks. I hate to mention captain blanks to you, Karam, because I know this is a little bit of a touchy subject, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, since Friday, um, I thought like after having the longest game week ever, like it's going to be another weekend another long weekend to uh, to wait on my captain and uh, I will just mention it in a second but I started the game week 
okay, I would say. Um, I had a, I had Son and Kane uh, on the bench. I uh, didn't sell them. And I had to hope for the best uh, for a lot of um, internal matchups in my team. So the likes of Asbury Creta was uh, up to um, against up against uh, Lingard, Dinia against uh, Smithrow. Um, and I, I just didn't know where the points can come from, if they would come from. But, so I started with a clean sheet from Dinia. Uh, that's nice. I started with a, um, I had another clean sheet from Asbilicueta and things looked like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm growing uh, to survive this game. Dallas clean sheet against Bruno, not too bad as well. Like I, I got some points from one or another. That's, that was the uh, target for this game to have a minimum damage. But then I um, waited long for Monday to have my Jamie Vardy captain and Ian Acho to try and turn things around. Like, of course, uh, Ian Acho is highly um, owned by the minute, but it, it was all about Vardy. And I could not believe what I was watching last night. It was unbelievable to see him blanking. Uh, he did everything he could to not get up any points. So it was, it was frustrating. I ended up having an average game week, like the whole season. It's, it's yeah. been a terrible season. And I'm settling now around the 400K. I have improved the last three game weeks. Um, almost halved my rank in those three game weeks. So you can imagine how bad my season was <laughs> and still is to, to the standards that I want to be. Uh, so now I don't have any pressure uh, because to me, the target is 100K. So 100K... 101k or 500k is the same for me so i have now no pressure but of course we will talk about like um uh subjects that matter to more people uh, who are uh playing for something and uh, pr probably you are one of them as well you are having another good season sam so look forward to it let's see what we have yeah we'll, we'll get into talking about game week 33 and our plans ahead of game week 34 and of course the key talking points for the week which a lot of them centre around Vardy, who you've already mentioned, and what you do about him, but also Bruno Fernandes and, and what yeah. FPL managers do about him. But before we get into that, let's just talk a little bit more about you. So obviously you have your finger in a number of different FPL pies. You have um, you regularly appear on the Scout cast these days. You have fancy chats. Um, you do all sorts of bits and pieces. And also you're one of our key writers for the Arabic content that goes out on the FF Scout website. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about you for those listeners who aren't sure who you are or where you've come from? Um, although I'm pretty sure that nearly everyone will have met you or heard your dulcet tones on some podcasts or another over the last few seasons. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm Karam. So uh, that's an Arabic name uh, from the Middle East. I'm, I'm Palestinian. And I live in the, in the Netherlands for around seven years now. Um, I got recently married last month, just the uh, beginning of March. Um, and I work as a fraud analyst at Booking.com. So probably it's a, a well-known website for many of you who book hotels or so. Um, I got into um, fantasy football four and a half years ago. Um, and uh, not only I play FPL, but I have I am also involved in other multiple uh, fantasy football games as well, including the Elite Syrian for the Nor for the Norwegian League, uh, Scottish as well, and um, the the one that I I get excited about every week now is the Bundesliga as well because mm. I'm doing brilliantly there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Top 70 now, 70 nice. overall now with three games to go. So I'm pushing for something like top 50 or so. But the Amazing. focus here in FPL is where I spend most of, of the time. And I've been on the scout cast for uh, yeah many weeks this season. 
um, and I also contribute to the FF Scout website by writing the Arabic articles uh, in which we, it's a project we started a few months ago, I think, mm. um, and we are looking to just expand. That's where the, the aim there. Uh, in terms of Fantasy Chat, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, um, me and a group of um, Arab managers who have uh, decent track records um, have launched this YouTube channel to do some sort of like uh, FPL tips and um, yeah, uh, chat about FPL. And it's been running for over two years. And uh, the, the, the way we do it, uh, it started from the fact that back in the day, um, I, I wanted to offer something different from the other Arabic websites. Um, I did not have a lot of, I didn't see a lot of YouTube channels that offer content in the way I like to do it. Uh, looking at the stats mainly, it was mostly about the ITS, which is very valid way of assisting FPL players. Um, but I didn't see a lot of channels like using the stats and that's mm -hmm. where I'm stat, I'm stat guy. So I wanted to do something different, including stats, including uh, these kind of expected goals and all <laughs> of these kind of stuff, uh, interesting stuff. And um, my team is is um, is a group of uh, managers from Palestine, Egypt, and Oman. Uh, I'm sure you know Falah, who has been fifth overall in the 18-19 season, is, is also part of our team. Uh, Tino, Karim, Tarek are Egyptians as well, who are the best three FPL managers in Egypt of all time, according to Fantasy Premier Tools. And Ala is uh, another Palestinian manager who is um, a friend of mine who loves FPL and loves football in general. And uh, we've, we've done a lot of um, interviews as well with top FPL managers with even um, crucial like names, um, well-known names and chat with them about FPL. And we strive to offer great content and we are planning to continue with that. Uh, season is almost over and we are planning to do a couple of new things for the next season. So we are looking forward to it. Um, and uh, for those who are listening, if you want to find me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at um, Karam Taysir, K-A-R-A-M-T-A-Y-S-E-R. -E that's where I am. Um, so that's uh, a lengthy introduction about myself. Sorry if I uh, a bit took longer. <laughs> no, that's great. No, not at all. I mean, uh, but I think that's you know that's that's one of the really great things about the Scout Network is it it, it highlights. So Fantasy Chat have been a part of Scout Network since the beginning. Uh, since we started it and and it's been lovely to be able to work so closely with you um, and now with Kareem who's been doing some of our content for yeah, the Scout absolutely. Network articles of late and it's really lovely to be able to get to talk to people in different parts of the FPL community that wouldn't necessarily talk to me otherwise you know I know we've, we've become very good friends because we've met a fair few times but no, a lot of the community, because it's such a global thing now, FPL, you wouldn't necessarily be able to meet with these other people. So having the Scout Network and FFS International and the Academy has been lovely for me to be able to get to know other people and to be able to, you know, do this podcast and, and, and find out a bit more, more about you and, and the other guys that are part of the network also. Okay, then let's get into scouting the game week. So let's talk about game week 33. We obviously have another Friday evening deadline this week. And I should just say, we are recording this on Tuesday evening. Currently, Real Madrid and Chelsea are playing in the Champions League. So of course, there is some scope for problems. And Chelsea are winning, Karam. They are winning 1-0. Wow. 
her Pulisic with the goal. So we'll talk a little bit more about Chelsea later and what we do about their assets, because obviously they're a little bit problematic for us as FPL managers with the Champions League stuff going on. And of course, with an FA Cup final coming up. But they are currently winning, which is absolutely outstanding. Come on, Chelsea. Let's have some uh, Premier League representation in that Champions League final. Could it be another year of doubled up? I hope so. (laughs) Tomorrow, Wednesday, it's a Man City time. Let's get into game week 33 then. So let's start, if it's all right with you, Karam, with West Ham. Because for me, West Ham have been one of the standout teams since the new year in particular. They've been really phenomenal. They've been quite settled in terms of their starting 11. And that's really helped them. And Lingard's arrival has completely transformed them. However... The last couple of game weeks, we've had obviously Rice out, we've had Creswell out, we had Craig Dawson with his suspension. And as a result of that, to me, they've just looked a bit of a shadow of their former selves. What are you making about West Ham at the moment? Are you still thinking that they're a wise investment or having seen their performances the last couple of weeks, are they a team that have kind of, we need to move on from? Well, absolutely not deny that West Ham have been one of the most outstanding team this season and what they have done so far was not expected early in the season. And I think looking back at the fixtures that they had, they had really tough run. Um, mm. And that's why we were, when we had Sofal, Southgate, we have been considering selling them uh, a month ago or two months ago, just because of the turn of their fixtures. They have played against uh, Man United, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, and Chelsea in that run. So it's not an, the easiest run of them. However, Lingard have managed to pull a lot of points um, in that run. I, I, can't, mm. I can't count the number of points he pulled in that, in that run. Uh, but sh- certainly, West Ham have been affected by the absence of a Criswell, who is a key to their creativity, especially from yeah. set pieces. And Antonio, who have been when he's fit, he's unstoppable. That's what that's my my theory on him. Uh, I still think now with the fixtures turning back again um, to a great run until the end of the season, I still think that if you have any um, West Ham assets, they are worth a keep. If you have still so far until the day, you're not gonna sell them now. I think Burnley, Brighton, West Ham, West Brom, and Southampton are a great run to end the season, and Lingard as well. I think mm. he's he's worth a keep. So. Uh, if, if I'm not sure, I think Chris is close to be back. I, I can't tell yeah. for certain, but once he's back, I think um, uh, West Ham, they have enough motivation. Their position in the league and the potential of getting a European spot is, is more than enough motivation for them to continue their run and finish strong this season. They fancy it and they have a chance for it. So I think they are worth a keep, uh, in yeah. my opinion. I tend to agree with you, I think particularly with regard to Lingard. And, and yeah, I think you're right on Creswell. My understanding was that he was very nearly available for game week 33, just missed mm. out. So by game week 34, we should have him there. And of course, West Ham offer us the security of not blanking um, as a result of the FA Cup final in game week 36. Of course, the fixtures haven't been formally announced yet in terms of when we're getting doubles and blank game weeks and, and who's getting doubles and blank game weeks where. But they're unlikely to blank and therefore they offer us the security of, of having a run every game week. So for me, Lingard has been such an important buy for this run in at the end of the season. I've got on him very early ahead of game week 29. I mean, I could have still got on him earlier than I did in, in reality, but those few game weeks, it's just, it's constant ticking over of points with him. Um, and I, and I felt like in game week, 
33 that even though he didn't return he could have there was plenty of opportunities and and I think he will continue to do that let's talk about their opposition um for this weekend who unfortunately now are drawing with Miamadid they have scored uh Benzema for those who are interested Mm. Mendy was back in goal for Chelsea this weekend so we had a bit of a pep style roulette from Tuchel but he was kind enough to tell us this was going to happen, I suppose. Yeah. But then we were already in the game week when he told us it was going to happen. He told us he was going to miss out for the game in 32, brought him back in then for this game in, in 33. Keeps a clean sheet um, alongside the rest of the defence, apart from Reese James, who misses out and comes on for a one-point cameo, which is, for us as FPL managers, the thing we hate most, isn't it? One-point cameos from players, particularly from defenders, who the rest of the team ends up with a clean sheet. It's an absolute disaster obviously as we've mentioned already they have got champions league action that they're currently Mm. playing as we're recording as well as another game the second leg obviously the next time will be at home but in the middle of next week on wednesday sandwiched in between that they have at this london derby against a fulham side who well let's be frank they really need they really need to get some points on the board if they're going to stand any chance of, of staying in the division what are your thoughts on Chelsea assets? Because that defence for me, I sold Aspilicueta as part of my wildcard. Mm. And in some ways, I, I really was pained to do it. I was annoyed, but and I, I didn't want to sell him. But he'd missed out the game week before, didn't play. And I was somewhat concerned that this Champions League fixture and next week's is so important to Chelsea and to obviously progress to the Champions League. And that game against Fulham, they really shouldn't need their full strength defence in order to do it. What do you think about the Chelsea defence? If you own Reese James, should you be selling him? If you own Rudiger, Aspilicueta, Alonso, Chilwell, how how do we invest in Chelsea? Because the clean sheets look like they're there for a number of weeks towards the end of the season. But are we safe with Chelsea? particularly given that blank in game week 36, potentially, because of the FA Cup final? Well, as you said, Sam, there are a lot of things to consider when it comes to Chelsea. And to me, they their case is a bit complex. So I'm trying to, I'll try to put it into small pieces and, and talk about each of their assets because I have a split opinion about them. So the likes of Reece James and Alonso, I would definitely consider selling them because they haven't played enough minutes, if I can mm. remember correctly. By the time the viewers or listeners will listen to this podcast, I would I, I don't know yet what is the final result of this of this match against Real Madrid, but I would imagine that this away goal is going to be very priceless for them and they will mm. carry it on to the second leg regardless what's the final result. I still think they need the three points against Fulham, so they will not put a, a very much a second team against Fulham because they are still looking for a Champions League spot, I would be very cautious about their assets. Uh, I do have Asbira Quetta, for example, and I'm seriously considering selling him even against Fulham, which looks to me a bit of like a clean sheet look to, uh, because if you look at the stats for, for, for Chelsea, the last four matches, they are third best or second, uh, joint second best for the biggest chance to concede with only three uh, only Man City have had fewer. So they are still very much solid team. And we know Fulham, they are not a very free-scoring team. They don't score a, a lot of goals. But you never know which, which bat line will, will show up against Fulham. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised because as Billy Quinter, this is the second match where he plays uh, on the right wing back. So is that the new 
position for him and therefore he might get a rest against, against Fulham, I wouldn't be surprised. However, for Rodiger, because he's very cheap, you can afford to, to keep him mm. if you have other fire support on. For 4.7, I think he's a worth a keep, but make sure you have a first sub to come on because I don't think that Rodiger is the type of pick that if he doesn't start, he will come on unless they are a very crucial match and one nail and they want to defend, but I, I, I don't think that will happen. So I'm very split on their defensive assets. Mendy is a kind of an easy keep because he's, I think he's now nailing his starts again. Uh, it, it, was, it was a reward to Kepa to play the 33, 32, sorry, after his performance against uh, mm. City in the semi-final. And it's more match time, right? For the, towards the final yeah. of the FA Cup. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Going forward for their attacks, I would only look at Mason Mount uh, because mm. I feel like he is the most of the closest to be most nailed on, if that's a good expression to their assets. It's, it's a pure roulette. You have Bolisic, Werner, and Mount today. Uh, you might get something like Ziyech, uh, I don't know, uh, Abraham or Giroud and Mount at the weekend. So they can easily be rotated. So I wouldn't be too enthusiastic about investing in Chelsea. If you have already some assets, then it's, it might be a keep for those that I mentioned. But I wouldn't go and invest in them just purely because if you look at the f- future fixtures, they might have the double in 35, which is going to be uh, more or less City and Arsenal. So it's not even not the, the best easiest. of them. No. Yeah. And then they might blank in 36 and they end the season with Leicester and Vela. Looking at the other fixtures from other teams, I think you can have better options. But again, you look at their defensive side, they are rock solid. So uh, there is an argument for both cases. And I started to have a clear-cut conclusion on them. Mm. But it's going to be tricky for Chelsea, I would say. It's hard because, you know, the, the, all the reasons that you've just mentioned are the reasons why I sold Aspilicueta for my wildcard. You know, the fixtures are some good ones in there, some that I don't see clean sheets yeah. in there. Yes, there's the upside of a double coming because potentially of, of a blank coming the week mm. after that, depending upon how the FPL gods decide to work out how the fixtures fit. Um, so there was a lot of upside, but then there was a lot of negatives as well in terms of rotation around the Champions League, rotation around the FA Cup final. Um, but then they've got to play in the league because that league position is is definitely not secure from a Chelsea yeah. perspective at the moment. You know, Leicester winning again, Liverpool doing their best to throw it away this weekend. We'll talk about them in a little while. Uh, Manchester United dropping points again this weekend. We'll talk about them shortly. Um, obviously, Spurs, well, they think they're in the hunt for it, but I mean, let's be frank. They're a long way behind, but but it is tight in that top mm-hmm. position. So Chelsea can't, they don't have the luxury that Manchester City do of saying, you know, we're this far ahead in the league. Our position is, is secure. They also don't have the same level of squad depth that Man City do yeah. in terms of being able to swap out these players for other really top quality players. There are, you know, there are some peripheral players that come in that are decent options. You know, I'm not saying that Giroud and Abraham aren't, aren't good players. And I'm not saying that they can't return against Fulham because I absolutely think that they could. And I think mm. you're right. They probably, one of them probably will get the nod against Fulham this weekend to leave yeah. the others free for, for the midweek Champions League second leg. Mm. So it's really tough with Chelsea because part of me does want to invest in, in them because they are in a good good run of form they are looking really strong but rotation fixtures 
the congestion that they've got coming up, it does put me off quite a lot. Um, hence the selling Aspilla Quetta and, and looking elsewhere for a bit more stability, I guess, even if that stability doesn't always necessarily mean clean sheets. At least I'm guaranteed start time because I still have my bench boost ship mm. to place. And of course, when you have your bench boost, the last thing you want is, is a player that then gets benched and, and doesn't play at all because it's just yeah. a waste of, of, of your time. Right, the thing that I think is on the lips of most FPL managers right now is Bruno Fernandes. He was yet again disappointing, but in some ways I think that was more to do with Leeds and how they played him. Phillips was absolutely phenomenal in dealing with the threat of Bruno Fernandes in that game. I'll be honest, he is on my hit list this week. And every time I look at my team, because I sold Sun as part of my wild card on the basis that I wasn't really sure whether I wanted Sun or Bale till the end of the season. Under Mason, I, I think Bale gets more minutes and therefore I thought maybe he might be a decent differential pick. Um, so I, I'm looking at my, my team without a Spurs midfielder going into a game against Sheffield United, who decided to be brilliant this weekend, but otherwise just hadn't been. And I'm looking at Bruno Fernandes and he hasn't, he just hasn't been the Bruno that he was at the beginning of the season. Pre-game week 16, he was getting double-digit hauls every other week. Now we're lucky if he gets a clean sheet point every week. It's so many twos. It's like one goal and one assist since 26 or something uh, ridiculous. Yeah. It's I wouldn't trust him with my captain's armbands at the moment. So if I won't captain him... And I'm not convinced he's going to return points. Why am I keeping him? Yeah, and if absolutely. I'm truthful, I'm keeping him because I'm scared to sell him. Because his ownership, he's the most owned player in the game. 56% of teams. Of course, some of those are going to be dead teams. You know, players that are way out of it because they've not been playing this season. But there is going to be a large percentage of people in and around the top 50k, which is where I'm hanging out at the moment, who do have him. And we are one goal away from an 11-point hole with Bruno because if he gets a goal, he gets bonus points. It's just how Bruno is. Yeah. What, what are you doing about Bruno? Are you going to sell him? Are you going to keep him? I need some uh, advice, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I wish I have uh, one as well. I mean, I I kept Bruno Fernandes on the wild card in 26. And the more we get to close, close to end the season, the more he becomes frustrating because he's a blocking really a lot of other opportunities yeah. but i must admit that i've i've never considered selling him like that seriously just because no. i fear him i purely fear him I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say oh but he looked great no i fear him because regardless of what is his ownership including the uh, inactive teams or what so every game week when you go to life fpl you look at his eo for for those who oh, are interested scary, in effective ownership he is already a red arrow, if, even if you own him. So let yeah. alone if you sell him completely. And as you said, he's one goal away from being, oh, Bruno is essential, Bruno is, is back and all of that. But I must admit, from my current position, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, he is much, he's very much on the uh, shopping list, uh, purely because the fixtures are not great. He's, he's I don't know what, what's different from him, but he still looks good inside the box position wise but what is noticeable since Pogba's back I feel that Bruno's involvement have been hit hard by in Pogba's involvement I, I don't still see from a tactical point of view what is the exact relationship between this but whenever Pogba is on the field 
it, it just, you feel like the FPL points are going away from Bruno. And, and I still think that Pogba would be more involved between now and the end of the season. The fixtures here are stiffening a bit. And I think Man United, after the draw against Leeds, have kind of, maybe, they, they gave away two points to Man City to win the title. And that was the main motivation for them to keep chasing. I don't think they are uh, any like they are not far from looking in the Champions League spot. Um, so, and they have Europa League uh, to focus on, maybe. So, to me, I feel like okay, I, I really need to sell Bruno. Uh, I have no choice but to sell him for the likes of Bale, for example, and Sheffield United, who is uh, top of my of my list. Um, but I, I do see a reason why people are still keeping him. Um, I noticed that Greenwood has started to get a lot of minutes recently and he might offer good value. Now, of course, there are a lot of narrative about, okay, can X cover Y? And I don't think that Greenwood can necessarily cover Bruno on the long term, but for the next couple of game weeks, you might actually have an opportunity there um, to upgrade someone like a fifth midfielder to, to Greenwood and and unlock these funds from a Bruno sale to Son or to uh, to Bale if you look for some differentials. Um, so, so to me, it's 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 a sell. I'm afraid, at least from my from my position. But I do understand that those who are into 50k. If he's still owned by 100, 120 percent, are is he the most priority sell for for you? That's that's very subjective. So. It's a really tough one, I think, because, you know, like you say, he's his effective ownership around my rank is through the roof. He is in uh, pretty much everybody's FPL teams. However, Son is the second most owned player in the game, and I don't have him at the moment because I sold him yeah. to bring in Salah last week. Yeah. So I'm now in a position where I either don't have the most owned player in the game or I don't have the second most owned player in the game. So either mm. one of them is going to hurt me. I wrote my Pro Pundit article earlier, which is available now on the FF Scout website. And um, I just brought it up while Karam was talking because it, it made me think about some of the things that I, I wrote in that. So I had a look at um, Bruno Fernandes over the last, well, between game weeks 26 um, and game week 33. So in that time, we've had very few returns from him. He's only registered 23 penalty area touches in those matches. Um, that is 34 less than Salah, who's top of the list, and um, wow. who's got 57. And that leaves him 23rd for the midfielders in this period. So there's players in there, hundreds of, well, there's... 22 of them above him most of those are cheaper significantly cheaper than him also um meanwhile in the same period 29 players have scored more goals than him in midfield from the midfield um all of these bar three of them are cheaper than bruno fernandez and his goal conversion rate is at just 4.8 percent which is significantly below pretty much all the other premium assets. I think the only one that's even vaguely in the same ballpark as him is Sadio Mane at Liverpool, who's been so off it that we're not even talking about in the FPL conversation anymore. So I look at that and I think if this was any of the rest of my team, I wouldn't hold them. I just would sell. If they had those figures, they would be an easy sell. But the 53% of managers that own him and knowing what Bruno can do 
because we've seen it in the first 16 game weeks of the season. The fear is absolutely real when it comes to him and, and whether mm. to keep him or not. Um, I won't captain him. Would you captain so, him? No, I don't think. No. I, I have, I've, have, I've had a short list of who might be my captains for the next four. How many game weeks we have left? Five. Five game weeks mm. left. Bruno doesn't get any anywhere near that. No. It's gonna be like the likes of KDB, Salah, and and Kane. So, yeah. like you said, you are talking about the most and the second most owned player in the game. Um, if you're gonna captain one of them, you're gonna captain the one who has more touches in the box, better stats, and easier fixtures. Let's let's admit it's gonna be a nice segue to talk about the and next team. Plan. And doesn't blank, yeah. Um, but I think that Liverpool and Salah my over more points between now and the end of the season than Bruno, which which means that if you gotta choose one of them, I would probably choose Salah mm. over Bruno. Well that's um, the perfect segue to talking about Liverpool really, yeah. isn't it? Because mm. I think for a number of us, um myself included, Liverpool were a team that I was just not very keen on investing in for quite a large part of this season because they just weren't really at the races in the way that they were last year, particularly players like Trent Alexander Arnold, who was I'll be honest, the first team on my team sheet, back of first name, back in August when I was picking my FPL team for this season, I was like, Trent, Trent, I won't take Trent yeah. out. I'll, I'll take yeah. other players out, but 7.5, is it so cheap? What a bargain. Let's yeah, why, you know, why is he not 8 million? Let, let's invest in Trent. And then suddenly I'm four game weeks into the season going, really? What What's happened here? Um, and of course, Liverpool have had a tough season, as I know all too well living with Lee. But, you know, the key injuries have made a big difference, to, particularly to players like Trent, because Trent's whole game is to trust in the guys that are playing alongside him and go, knowing that if he goes and loses it or the play breaks down, that Van Dijk or Fabinho or one of those key big assets at the back and in the defensive midfield for Liverpool will just sweep it up and deal with the opportunity. So he is able to kind of, in Marino's words, let the horses run free in, the, in those games. Without Van Dyke, we've seen Fabinho playing at the back a lot. And that means that there's a lot more fear, I think, from Trent. He sits back deeper. He's not running forward as, as quite so much gusto as he was, therefore attacking potentials less. And therefore, of course, at seven plus million, he hasn't been worth it. However... The last few weeks, Liverpool have looked better, particularly away from home. They have looked better. Their performances are improving. I mean, they had 21 opportunities in that game against Newcastle, yeah. but only managed to score one of them. Now, of course, it was Salah with the goal. For me, Mane was totally off it again in that game. He's just mm. not a non-asset this season. Um, I think his head might have been turned somewhere else. It feels like he is... He's not going to be a Liverpool player for me next season. I, I just can't see him staying with the form that he's been in this year. Mm. And then, of course, Jota, who's been so popular with FPL managers because of his price tag and the amazing returns that he's been giving for it, gets subbed on 57 minutes. So how many Liverpool players have you got? How many of them returned for you in game week 33? And what are you thinking in terms of Liverpool going forwards? Uh, Liverpool... Um... So basically, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Jota are the two players I have now. And I've been watching 
Trina Alexander Arnold, do you think like uh, nine points, 12 points, 11 points, eight points? Like, no way, I'm gonna get him in against Newcastle. And of course, I broke him. So sorry to everybody who owns Trina <laughs> Alexander Arnold. Um, and I have Jota who has blanked ever since I owned him as well. So uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's personal. I don't know actually if it's personal. I've owned, I've owned them since uh, Villa's game. So in 31, I got two, three, and one point. So I don't actually have had have had, have had any benefit from 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 the Liverpool assets. However, um, I'm invested, so I can't sell them now. Uh, not after the Manchester United game. It is Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Now, let's admit that they haven't been what we expected them from at least last season. Yeah. And um, defensively, they have been really impacted by the absence of Van Dijk. There's no question about that. Um, but interestingly, I think they haven't been far off attacking-wise from the last season. They just Their conversion rate has dropped massively. Mm. I remember in the run where they had, I think, one goal in seven home games. Uh, mm. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think they have managed like over 100 shots without converting any, any of them into goals. So in terms of attack, in terms of underlying stats, they are not far off. But what happened to them, for some reason, they haven't been converting them. And obviously, you don't get points for just shooting. And that's why we have been so frustrated by their assets. Yeah. Now, I think with these fixtures, club was really critical in the last couple of press conferences about the performances, about the confidence, and they need to pick up points. The, better, the sooner, the better, because I personally cannot see Liverpool not going to Champions League. Um, and the, uh, based it's on the isn't names, it? based on last season, yeah, unbelievable. Exactly, exactly. So we, and the next fixtures are are there for the taking. And I'm in a stage now where I am invested, and I might invest just because I need to cover Salah for the captaincy mainly as well. And I just have to think that I need to trust them that they can turn it around between now and the end of the season. Whether they get a Champions League spot, that's also dependent on the other teams, Chelsea and West Ham, if they allow them to do have to have that spot. But I think Liverpool will will start conversing. And we've been saying all the season, oh Liverpool will, Liverpool will turn it around. But we have to do that. I mean, Jota is still a cheap um, compared to the other midfielders. Um, but the likes of Matthews Pereira is offering great value now. Rafinha might be yeah. back with a great end to the season. And I have considered the likes of Madison, although he did not like be up there to be an FPL pick for, for, for the next run. But around that bracket, there are some options. So mm. yes, he's, he's, he's achieved for being a midfielder playing for Liverpool, but he's not the only pick that, oh, we have to wait because... There are a lot other options, uh, other options. So I would I wouldn't be rushed. I'm not a rush personally to sell them, but they might be testing me if they keep like <laughs> next next game week. Um, it's definitely tough, I think, with Liverpool yeah. because you know what what kind of bothered me in the Newcastle game was that the first half they were so dominant, and mm. of course I'm watching these games with with a Liverpool fan who knows this club inside out. And, and Lee said to me at halftime in the Liverpool game, this game finishes one all. And I said, don't be wow. daft. Have Did you seen... Say that? Yeah, yeah, I said, have you seen your team? Have you seen how many shots you've had? Have you seen how few shots Newcastle have had? And he said, this is so us in 2021 in that we have all this possession. We have all of these shots 
and we're not clinical and we don't take them. Mm. So we sit at one nil and you get towards the final stages of the game and the opposition, particularly the lower opposite or supposed lower opposition, like mm. Newcastle, think we're still in this game. And we've got nothing to lose. We've only got to get one goal and we take a point off the reigning champions. And that point takes us one point closer to safety and away from that relegation zone. And you could feel it with Newcastle, the push that they put in those last sort of 15, 20 minutes of the game. And you could see the panic on the Liverpool players' faces because the the forwards weren't getting enough of the ball. Um, with Fabino sitting in the defence again, they didn't have that midfield security and mm. they just lacked the passion and commitment after Yotta went off. And of course, I thought they were going to get really, really jammy. So when that goal got disallowed for Newcastle for handball, which by the way, oh, how that's a handball, I've no idea, but that's a whole nother yeah. podcast. Um, when that goal got disallowed, I said to Lee, that's, all we've got to do now is hold on. That's a moment of learning. Like you've, you've just got to take that as pure jammy luck and hold on for three minutes. But their heads had gone by that point. And, and of course, you know, you're talking about, I go back to Trent and you're talking about a player that's 7.2 million and he's not keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle. So I look at those fixtures till the end of the season and I'm thinking, I can't sell you because the fixtures are too good. If Fabino's got a play in defence, I don't think that Trent is worth the money. I think Trent is only worth the money if Fabino is in midfield. So we're back to a situation where we're reliant on what happens with Nat Phillips. If he's available um, to play in defence, then we see a better Liverpool attacking side because Robbo Mm. and Trent have the ability to go. So I think for me, it's going to be a wait and see on the press conferences with Liverpool I'm not going to take them out this week because the the fixtures are too nice but if we get word that you know Phillips isn't looking like he's going to be back then Trent will definitely be on the the hit list for me Yotta's going to stay because his price point and the fixtures mean even if he's coming off from 50 minutes there should be plenty of goal opportunities for him over the course of the rest of the season yeah before we move on to talk about 34 I've got to mention a couple of things to you first of all what on earth happened to Wolves because we were all banking on a clean sheet. And I suppose we could also couple into that, what on earth happened to Brighton? Because that was another clean sheet that we we were all banking on. Um, Wolves and Brighton defenders, very quickly before we move on, because I think this is quite an easy answer. Do we just keep them? Is this just a blip? Is this just a Sheffield United have been relegated and now they're going to put up a bit of a fight? Because that happens when you take the pressure off. And were Wolves just overcome by Chris Wood and his uh, absolutely magnificent first legend, half legendary, which I've never seen before from Chris legendary Wood. Legendary weekend from Chris Wood. <laughs> um, I, I honestly don't know what to make of the recent performance of Wolves against uh, Burnley. Um, two weeks ago, I've been advocate towards having Cody because their next four fixtures at that time were too good for clean sheets and some goal threat from Cody. And they kept two clean sheets uh, going ahead to the to the Burnley game. Now, practically, they have two more good games, uh, West Brom and Brighton, where they might keep one of, of two clean sheets, maybe two, but West Brom, we've seen them like so surprising us sometimes with their, mm. their attacking um, potential. And I just don't know if Wolves can keep up with like Messi Pereira or 
uh, Diane, who's really quick and fast going behind the lines and so on. But there is a chance for their clean sheets. I don't think they are easy sell. I think if you have if you have Crowdy or size, you keep them. But I would consider a replacement in in a week or two for sure. Mm. Uh, the likes of Brighton, um, <laughs> they they have been been Brighton, uh, the XG champion without converting goals. And um, I think I, 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 I was not prepared to see Sheffield United winning that game. But I was not surprised when I saw it. So you can you can argue that okay, well we've seen this before from Brighton winning all the statistics, but losing that game for for some some reason. I think they are a sell uh, more than more than Wolves. If you look at their next fixture, they have they are playing Leeds, West Ham, City, and Arsenal. I don't see many clean sheets there. So, nice. but if you have a Veltman a four point three or a 4.2 as a fifth defender, I wouldn't be rushed to sell him. But if you have the likes of Dunk, I think I think there are teams with better fixtures who might even have a double in 35 or 6, should that happen as prediction. So, no, I would look to sell them. Um, yeah, so that's my view on it. Yeah, I, I, I think these two were the teams that surprised me most. The yeah. Wolves collapsed defensively. Against against Chris Wood, who yes has been on a bit of a run, but a hat trick and an assist in the yeah. first half, like oh my goodness, that just yeah. that just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brighton and Sheffield United, Sheffield United who haven't scored in well, what feels like about a year since yeah. they last scored a goal. Of course, it hasn't been, but yeah. you know that Brighton clean sheet felt very much like it was nailed on this week. Mm. Um, and I just thought that Wolves had a good opportunity against against a Burnley side that don't normally score that many goals, yeah. but hey, yeah. they lost 4-0. Yeah. And if you <laughs> notice, we didn't talk about any of their attacks, which means just a skip. <laughs> yeah, Neto was so. the only one who might get me interested uh, and Trossard, but I know, I know, yeah. I'll just avoid. It's difficult, I think, with the, with the attackers, particularly because it feels very much like we are at a point of, in the season where there's a lot of good differential players that are performing really well um, in those mm-hmm. positions. You know, the West Brom players, Pereira, you've already mentioned, looking good. Uh, you know, there, there are a number of them that are starting to perform quite regularly. And as a result of that, you don't necessarily need to look at players, you know, like the Wolves attack who haven't really done anything for quite a long time. They just really, really need Jimenez back. Um, and once mm. he's back, hopefully he comes back to the Jimenez that we know and love because he's an FPL god when he's available. Um, then I think the, the Wolves attack maybe comes an option again, but we're probably looking at the 21-22 season for that. Okay, yeah. let's turn our attention then to game week 34. So as usual, I'm going to ask Karam to pick out one player per position that he thinks is going to be a wise investment for game week 34. So these are basically the picks that if you're on a free here or you've got a couple of transfers, these are the players that Karam thinks are going to nail it in game week 34. So Karam, who are you going to stick between the sticks? Let's start with the keeper. Ah, uh, no pressure, no pressure. So we are looking <laughs> for only game with 34, right? Just uh, this for week, the next... yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be, it's not going to be an, an obvious, uh, it's going to be an, an, no, it's not a surprise. Uh, that I'm going to go with a Mindy against, against Fulham. 
Um, I just say with all the talks that we talked about Chelsea defensive options, uh, Mindy is 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 a nailed on now back again, and I think there is a decent chance to have a clean sheet against Fulham. So I will keep it simple in goal, and I would say Mindy. I mean, I think he's a great pick to be honest. He's one of those that you know he's he's barring Tuchel going mad and deciding to rest him ahead of the next Champions League, but I don't think he will with the keeper. I think the keeper's fairly safe because Kep is going to play in that. FA Cup mm. final so I can't see any reason why he gets rotated um, and and like you say the clean sheet should be there against a Fulham side that aren't scoring a lot of goals so yeah mm. good pick for me what about a defender who would you like in defence this week well there are a couple of nice options and uh, I thought I, if I can mention both of them uh, one of sure. them is a bit a bit more expensive than the other um, but Depends on what lineup we have tomorrow as a Man City against PSG. I think there's a decent chance if Cancelo does not feature against PSG, he might be a decent option against Crystal Palace. Um, the attacking upside is always there for them, and I fancy a clean sheet against uh, Crystal Palace. Um, so he could be he could be one of those who can reward a fair managers. He's kind of become a forgotten asset now. He's been mid-season. He was like, Cancelo, Cancelo, if you don't own him, just own him. But I think now is a decent opportunity if you are looking for, imagine now Cancelo is, is a differential. So he, he could be an option. Um, the other one I was I was looking at um, is basically um, a holding against Newcastle. I know Arsenal haven't, haven't been decent in the last few game weeks, but, and we've seen a lot better Newcastle against them. But if you look for something cheap that might unlock um, funds to do some other things elsewhere, um, I think holding could be an option. We've seen also Castagna doing doing pretty nice job um, in the last game uh, against Crystal Palace. So he could be a pick. You can enjoy some, some Friday night football if you own Castagna ahead of Southampton which rings a bell a Friday night football at Southampton. Well, <laughs> we don't know if that would happen again. So sorry if I mentioned more than a name, but I thought they are worth them. No, shape. yeah. So just um, just to keep going with the fixtures then, of course, um, this weekend we have Leicester um, and Castagna, as you mentioned, playing against Southampton on Friday evening. I have Castagna in my FPL team, and I must admit that Monday evening's goal was a mm. thing of beauty, particularly coming from an assist from my captain last week in, in Ianacho. And when VAR was checking it, I was literally praying to the FPL wow. gods, please <laughs> do not rule this goal out because the points that it brought were really good. I think Castagna is, is looking a really nice option. He's basically not mm. a defender at the moment. He's playing in, in midfield. Uh, in the same way, I guess, that uh, Can- Cancelo was back in, as you were talking about at the time when everybody was getting on him. The fixtures yeah. are nice for Castagna. He's playing in an attacking position, so it looks like you might get the best of both worlds. Um, Cancelo, of course, has that really nice fixture of Crystal Palace that you mentioned. Depending upon what happens in the Champions League, it's all important, isn't it, that Champions League team in terms of the team we see against Palace this weekend. And, and then Holding has what on paper looks to be a really nice fixture against Newcastle. I'm I'm yet to be convinced that Arsenal win that game. I am slightly concerned as a soccer owner uh, that there is a lot of rotation around the Europa League because yeah. if we're really honest, the only thing Arsenal have to play for now is the Europa League. They're not in the hunt for 
European spots through the Premier League anymore. I think there's too many clubs that they'd be reliant on to do badly over the next few weeks and they would have to nail it week on week. Mm. And with key injuries to players like Lacazette and of course malaria for Aubameyang, we just haven't got that strength of character necessarily from them. So I I worry somewhat for Arsenal and, and what team they put out in the league. But... If they keep a clean sheet, then then holding looks like a, a really nice pick. Um, all right, let's move into midfield then. Who have you got for me as a midfield pick for 34? All right, so I've gone also for two picks. One is an expensive one and one is a cheaper. And both of them are differentials this time. So I couldn't go past Gareth Bell against Sheffield United. Hooray! He is pretty much... Hooray! You like that, Sam. Huh? As a Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Gareth Bell... He did not start against Man City in the Carabao Cup final. And we've seen the first game of Ryan Mason. He started Gareth Bale and he mentioned that in a press conference that he likes what he can offer from um, as, as a, a creative player, as a, a big player as well. So I think he will get the, um, the starts over Lucas Moura. Uh, maybe potentially as a number 10, uh, maybe Lo Celso and Bell will switch between the, um, the positions. But uh, I like him against Sheffield United. If you are in my position, uh, around the 400k, you look just for some nice punts. I don't think that uh, much can go wrong with, with Gareth, Gareth Bell against Sheffield United. I know Sheffield United have performed really well against uh, Brighton. But I still think the Spurs are in much more need to win this game. And I think Kane's back will boost their attack. And I, I can see some goals in that game. Mm. Um, the, other, the other option, which will go against, against my team as a Dinia owner, but Anwar El-Ghazi from Aston Villa, whenever he starts, he's on penalties. And whenever he starts, he always delivers a lot of shots in the game. So the mm. last game against West Brom, he managed to have two shots on target and two shots uh, blocked. So four shots in total. Um, and he's kind of in brackets. He's a selfish player. When he gets the ball in any goal scoring opportunities, he just looks for the shot. And I, we, we like, I personally like that for, for FPL because it means more potential for goals. Um, so El Ghazi, uh, I'm sure he's um, less than six million now. He could be, he could be a nice differential pick. Do you know, I really like both of those picks. Bale is, is the player that I am currently thinking I will yeah. bring in for Bruno Fernandes if I do this transfer. Because like you, I think that he's going to get a lot of minutes over this closing part of the season. Mm. I also think that Son, and this pains me a lot as a Spurs fan to say this, but I think Son is really off it at the moment. He isn't playing mm. with the same gusto that he has been. We saw how ineffective he was in the cup final. And I think the reason that Bell didn't start against Manchester City in the cup was because of the way that Manchester City were going to play in that game. I just think that he thought that he would need players rightly. He thought we're going to need players that will track back and that will get involved with the defending. And that is not Gareth Bale. He doesn't have the pace that he did when he was last a Spurs player. Mm. So he doesn't track back. He doesn't do that running and, and kind of help the team in the way that maybe Son and Kane always do because they're fitter, they're younger and, and they can. But I think against Sheffield United, he'll start him because he shouldn't need the level of tracking back that he would against Manchester City. We don't need the team to be quite as defensively secure as we did against Manchester City. So we have the ability to be a bit more free-flowing in attack. I think that 
there's a chance and this is the so my issue with this lies in the as a Spurs fan I look at Sun and think you look like you're knackered and you look like you could do with a bit of a break mm. and I don't know where Ryan Mason's headed or how gutsy he's feeling but is there scope for Sun not playing in that game against Sheffield United and having a rest particularly as we saw how emotional he was at the back end of that cup final and that's another thing that puts me off standing Bruno Fernandes for Sun this week mm. whereas Gareth Bale came on put in an okay performance in the cup final, but we weren't getting a lot of attacking returns or potential anyway against Man City because they were rock solid defensively. Mm. But I think I think for game week 34 and beyond, Gareth Bale could be a really nice differential. He's always going to come on. For Ryan Mason, even if he doesn't start, he's always going to get some game time. So you no longer have the fear of owning a 9.1 million midfielder who doesn't play at all. And of course, with El Ghazi, you have the benefit of knowing that Aston Villa are due a double at some point. So we'll have that potential upside coming. So maybe he's a pick for more than just game week 34 as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is probably a straight choice between a couple of of forwards for this week. Um, But go on, give me a forward for game week 34. Yeah, uh, of course, if you don't have Harry Kane, I would say get him back. For Jeremy uh, 34, I think he is one of the two, if not the best captain option for Jeremy 34. Uh, I would also say that Ianacho is up there with the captaincy, yeah. so I would definitely give him a mention. And in this game week, I think these two are a part of the new template um, for what Kane offers and the next game weeks as well. And Ianacho is so cheap now. I can't believe that a couple of game weeks ago, I mentioned him as my differential. This cow cast, he was, he was 3.6% ownership. And in three weeks, or two or three weeks, he's now 22, 23% on. So uh, he is definitely a player to, to have in, in your side. Uh, the third name that I'm going to mention, and I think he is also having some nice features going ahead. So you might fancy keeping him, but I think he can do well against Brighton is Patrick Bamford. Um, He's done very well this season overall. He has dropped a bit in the last few game weeks. Uh, Probably the way that Leeds United have switched to be more of a a solid defensive side and impacted, of course, by the absence of Rafinha. Uh, But I fancy Bamford, yeah, I fancy Bamford to to have a comeback, uh, at least from now until the end of the season, because he has an eye on the Euros um, and the last miss out from the national team. Um, I think he he wants to be there. Um, He's been always humble and says, okay, I've got to do my job and see where I go from there. But of course, he's now... He has a chance, so I think he will go for it. Um, and I fancy, I fancy him against um, against Brighton next game week. So those are the yeah. three names. There's there's some there's some decent forward options I think for this week, and and I, and I think you're right in terms of it. Kane and Ian Acho are going to be at the heart of the captain conversation. So let's talk about that. Who mm. are you planning to give your armband to this week? Is it going to one of those guys, or are you going to stick with Jamie Vardy and hope that finally he's no. good for you? No, <laughs> no, no. I had two captain plans in the last 13 game weeks, and both captains were Vardy. I fancied him against <laughs> I fancied him against Crystal Palace. He has done everything he can to dodge points. And against West Ham, I captained him because I saw West Ham are giving up a lot of big chances. And I fancy him. I fancy I fancied him against West Ham. And I got the I got the concept right. 
because Leicester scored two goals. But it was painful to see the one next to him in my team, Ian Acho, who was scoring both goals. And the same thing, exact same thing happened last game week. So um, I don't think I will sell him unless he is benched. Um, or somehow we know. I don't think we we will. But if I somehow get to know that Vardy is not going to start against Southampton, he might be sold. But coming back to the captaincy, it's going to be Kane or Ian Acho, 99%. The 1% might go to Bell. If I sell Bruno to Bell, I might just stick it on him because he's, he's not going to be on. He's, gonna, he's not going to be captained a lot by a lot of players. So if he starts, I think Spurs can, uh, can have a, a good game and score a few goals in this game. And oh, I Ram, you're fancy... talking me into this. You are talking me in. It's gonna be my my dilemma this week. Um, so I will, ha- yeah, I will have a thorough. Uh, it takes a lot, actually. I mean, the blanks have actually justified for me the sale, but it's gonna be taking a lot of brave heart to sell Bruno uh, yeah, with a double with a doubles coming up. Potentially, I still have the free hit, so I can easily free hit free hit him in. Um, but do I want him? To the end of the season, I'm not so sure, but I think it's gonna be one of those two definitely. Kane or Ianacho. If I get bailed somehow, I might make a late decision on stick the captaincy on him, but it's not gonna go far from this three, I don't think. Yeah, I must admit, uh, I, I absolutely agree. I'm gonna captain Kane and vice captain Natch this week. I think, of course, you're gonna captain Kane. Now, like, you can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't have my team going to Sheffield United. Well, having Sheffield United come to visit, um, mm. on the back of what was. A very disappointing weekend, and I, and I think we see Spurs bounce back this weekend because now full focus on these last five games um, to try and get into the European spots, and, yeah. and it's going to be all important for them. So Kane with the armband, Natch with the the vice captains, just in case, mm-hmm. just in case they decide that Kane actually wasn't fully fit, but they risked him for the cup final. I mean that that does linger in the back of my mind, but he looked fine. He didn't look like he yeah. was struggling. So yeah, Kane and Natch for me. That's it, Karam. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you. I will be back next week. This time I'll be joined once again by the lads, Adam, Nick and Greg from the FPL Experiment podcast, who are always a great laugh talking to them. We will look back at game week 34. We will look ahead to game week 35. Goodness knows what game week 35 is going to look like because it could be a double. It might not be a double. Who on earth knows? We'll find out from the gods at FPL shortly, I'm sure. Well, at least I hope that we'll find out some news on these blanks and doubles soon. Take care, everyone.